Mission Mobilization Chats with Ryan Shaw, Multiplying Mission Mobilization Movements. This podcast is powered by Global Mission Mobilization Initiative. Subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube today. Find more exciting resources, teachings, and tools for mission mobilization on globalmmi.net. Welcome to Mission Mobilization Chats. This is our eighth episode of looking into cutting-edge topics related to mission mobilization in our denominations, in our church networks, in many different types of ministries. So in our last episode, you might remember that we looked at the concept of mobilizing entire local ministries, mobilizing entire local ministries. For some of us, that might have been a new subject, the idea that we're not just recruiting a few as uh, kind of professional missionaries or that will become message bearers or missionaries, but the idea that we can actually mobilize and influence a whole ministry, a local church, a campus ministry fellowship to move along the journey, the adventure of understanding the Great Commission, becoming uh, educated, inspired, and activated in my role in the Great Commission. So this idea of mobilizing entire local ministries. So what if every local ministry saw it as their primary calling to mobilize and to equip the whole of their ministry with understanding and passion for the Great Commission. What could be the result if that was happening all over the world? Every local ministry uh, mobilizing and equipping. We would see a, a great mission mobilization movement across the body of Christ and see the missions movement propelled uh, as a result of this. But the next question we want to ask in this episode is how do we effectively get there? How do we effectively see local ministries who are mobilized and equipped to understand missions and to walk it out? Well, we know the answer relates to leadership. Leadership is the key, uh, or a key, we can say, to this process of seeing entire local ministries uh, mobilized. So this episode is all about a call to local ministry leaders to understand your role, their role, uh, and how they can contribute to this important piece of mobilizing entire uh, local ministries. So who are we talking about when we say this? Uh, local leadership of local ministries. We're talking about pastors. We're talking about uh, pastoral leadership teams. We're talking about campus ministry leaders and staff. Maybe even Bible school faculty uh, and leadership administrators in Bible schools. Now these leaders, all of the above and many more, they possess an essential responsibility before God. And it is much broader than usually we understand our role in a spiritual leadership to be. You have a role, a responsibility, and an essential piece to actually inspire, educate, and activate disciples that are under your care in the Great Commission. Even if you yourself don't really have much of a vision for the Great Commission, uh, the Lord says, that's okay. I've still empowered you to uh, mobilize and equip those that are in your care, that I've given you spiritual leadership over, uh, the Lord would say. That is an essential responsibility that leaders possess actually before God. Now we've already seen in previous episodes that the fulfillment of the Great Commission 
is the primary purpose of the body of Christ in this age before Jesus' return. So we can say that it's the goal of redemption history or salvation history, the fulfillment of the Great Commission, seeing the gospel penetrating all of the unreached people groups in very specific ways. And we've looked at a little bit of that in past episodes. Now what we want to ask ourselves is what is the chief end of spiritual leadership because spiritual leadership needs to be contributing to this responsibility of the body of Christ in fulfilling the Great Commission. If that's true, that that's why we exist, then local ministry leadership should also be pushing the church that way. So how does this happen? Well, we want to look at a primary verse uh, during this session, looking at Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11 and 12, these are well-known verses for many of us. We know that the chief end of ministry leadership, the chief end of, of, uh, of pastoral leadership, we can say, is for the equipping of the saints that the saints would do the work of the ministry. Let's look at this in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start in verse 11. This is the five-fold ministry passage where Jesus gives some to be each of these five. Let's read it. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Why was the fivefold ministry uh, purpose given? Why did Jesus appoint some in each of these five and many other categories? What was the purpose of ministry leadership? Well, he tells us very clearly in verse 12. It says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And it goes on in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of faith and many other things. It's talking about the body of Christ maturing in spiritual depth in coming to the fullness of maturity, of walking hand in hand with Jesus, of being obedient to Jesus, of living according to Jesus' ways. But verse 12 is the key. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the gifts, the ministry leadership gifts in verse 11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given not for themselves to do all the work of the ministry. That is the model that we generally have in the church today. But it's actually not the biblical, it's not the New Testament model. The leaders of the churches are not supposed to do all the ministry. They have a very specific role. Their role is, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So the chief end then of ministry leadership is to equip others so that those others can do the work that God has called them to do and the church to do in ministry. And this is true also in fulfilling the Great Commission. So leaders uh, influence the saints or disciples that are in that local ministry, then that local uh, or those disciples in that local ministry, they're scattered out and they make many other disciples, both in the home city as well as going uh, elsewhere, both in uh, long distance kind of missions where they cross many uh, maybe geographic boundary lines, but also where they might just go down the street and cross a cultural barrier, but they plant a church, or they plant a ministry, or they plant a Bible study that is uh, reaching out to a different culture than they are, and to an unreached people. That's part of the mission vision that the Lord is releasing. 
So through the guidance and equipping of local minister of local leaders, excuse me, churches and campus ministries, they're equipped to do the work of the ministry. We need to change our paradigm of how we do ministry. Okay? Because right now we've got it a little distorted. It's a little off. Uh, in comparison to what the Lord actually intended us to walk in as ministry uh, leaders. So instead, what is spiritual leadership meant to be doing? We're meant to be providing a spiritual environment, an environment in our ministries that guides, that envisions, that empowers the disciples, the people of God that are under our care, so that Christ is formed within them, so that they are becoming the disciples that Jesus wants them to be. They're a lifelong disciple. And so pastors and leaders of local ministries, they are the ones that help uh, create an environment to guide that process. And so one of the key pieces of local ministry leadership is preaching and teaching of the word. So I like to say that a primary end of uh, leaders who are preaching and teaching the word of God is to build the local body up into spiritual maturity so that they can then be released to do many works of ministry in many different ways. The pastor should not be doing all the outreach. The pastor should not be the one involved in all of these things. We want to raise up disciples. We want to empower, equip them, and then send them out. Sometimes they might fail. That's how we learn. Trial and error, releasing people into their different ministries so that they learn how to do it on their own. Not the leader, not the pastor doing all the ministry uh, for them. So again, the primary responsibility of local ministry leaders is providing this overall atmosphere so that every disciple can be mobilized and equipped in their assigned roles and calling in the Great Commission. Now, when many of us hear that, it seems a little surprising, maybe even shocking, that I would say that the primary responsibility of local ministry leaders is to provide an overall atmosphere so that every disciple under their care can be mobilized and equipped for their roles in the Great Commission. Now, the reason that sounds so shocking or maybe unrealistic to us is because our churches and our ministries have generally given a low priority to the Great Commission. So as ministries, as churches, we've actually gotten away from this great truth of Scripture that the body of Christ is ordained and purposed to carry the redeeming love of Jesus Christ into all the world. We've gotten actually away from that. So we just have this idea, well, if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, you do all the work of the ministry. You don't really train others up. But the Lord would say, no, my New Testament way is for those pastors and leaders to equip every disciple. And for many of those, those disciples, they will be mobilized and equipped and sent out, actually, in their assigned roles in the mission movement. But the problem is, we're not talking about this idea of the fulfillment of the Great Commission. So people don't know that this is the actual purpose of why the church exists. And again, we've talked about that in previous uh, episodes. Now, how do we understand this great truth of Scripture that uh, uh, the most important piece for the church of God is carrying this redeeming love to all the world? Well, let's look back at Jesus and what he did for us, right? Jesus was resurrected to free every human being from the shackles of sin and bondage. God doesn't will or desire that any human being should eternally 
perish outside of him. So the Holy Spirit has emblazoned the church and the Holy Spirit actually exists to exalt and to glorify Jesus in the global church. And so the Lord wants us to be focused on what he's focused on, which is the unreached peoples who have such a little opportunity to hear the gospel so that the fulfillment of the Great Commission can actually uh, realistically happen. So one of the Holy Spirit's primary roles is to take you and I, to take sinners, make them into disciples, form the life of Jesus within us, conform us to the very likeness and image of Jesus, and then he wants to equip us with spiritual power and authority, preparing us to go out in our particular roles in the Great Commission. So spiritual leaders, therefore, are enabling this process, and they're actually accountable to the, uh, to the Lord for this process, as we find in verse 12. It says, your role is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The Lord's going to hold us as leaders accountable to that. Did we raise up and develop other disciples and saints so that they can do the work of the ministry? Now, I believe that many local ministries who are not uh, primarily or properly equipping their people for this purpose, they will actually find themselves sidelined by the Lord himself in the midst of the great harvest. The Lord wants to bring a great harvest to pass among all the different ethnic and religious blocks around the whole earth. Well, if your local ministry is not properly equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, including their roles in the Great Commission, then it's a good possibility your church will be sidelined in the will of God and in the purpose of God related to the Great Commission. And we don't want that. We want to do everything possible so that we're on the front line of what God is doing among all the uh, ethnic peoples of the earth. So the secret then of enabling local churches to effectively engage with the unreached people groups is one of leadership and all comes down to leadership. So how can an entire local ministry be mobilized and equipped uh, for the Great Commission? It's only through the commitment of the local ministry leadership team. That's why we're focusing in this episode uh, so much on this issue of raising up spiritual leaders and helping them to understand their role. So we know that pastors and spiritual leaders, again, I'm going to repeat myself here. It just helps to, to get it into our hearts. Pastors and spiritual leaders play an essential role in guiding ministries to be envisioned and equipped in the Great Commission. And it's because of your role uh, of leadership. The Lord has entrusted something to you. He's given you a stewardship. Uh, in ministry. It's not just so you can be the big man who everyone looks to. No, the entrustment, the stewardship is so that you empower others. You equip them to do the work of the ministry. Now, it's true that in history, that history actually reveals that the global body of Christ has made its strongest advances in the Great Commission when local churches, small church, maybe 50 people, or maybe 100 people, or 500 people, 1,000 people, whatever. When local churches who are led by leaders who have strong vision and anointing of the Holy Spirit, when those ministries are becoming mobilized and equipped as a whole, that is when the advancement of the Great Commission has happened uh, most profoundly. 
most profoundly. So we know that spiritual leadership is central to God's purpose uh, in the Great Commission. So what does it require then to see this happen? If we're going to become these kind of leaders, if we're going to be changed from just doing business as usual in our local ministry, and if we're going to shift into seeing our ministries uh, mobilized and equipped as entire ministries, what is it going to require? Well, first, it's going to require a willingness on the part of local leaders to further prepare themselves. How can you influence other people if you yourself uh, do not understand some of the intricacies? Now, we're not talking about getting a PhD uh, in missiology or in mission studies. That's not what we're saying here. What we are saying is that there does need to be a, a little bit of willingness on the part of leaders to understand a little bit more about the Great Commission than they do today. And more than that, to develop a bit of vision and a bit of passion related to it. Again, do you need to understand all the ins and outs of it? No, of course not. But you do need to say, I realize the importance of my local ministry beginning to talk about this, beginning to emphasize this, beginning to prioritize this. And in future episodes, we're going to talk a lot about how ministries do that. How do local ministries encourage their own people? Right now, in this uh, episode, we're just looking at the role of local leaders and the entrustment that they've been given. So it is important to educate ourselves a little bit. This is a, a requirement that if you want to be a local leader, moving into a place where you are able to be useful to God in the Great Commission and mobilizing your people for the Great Commission, you need to educate yourself a little bit. And a piece of what this means is a throwing off of kind of the traditional understanding of mission. There is a traditional understanding of mission over here that we've done the last 50 years in missions, last 100 years, last two, 300 years, right? And then on this side, there's the biblical ways of doing mission. There's the spiritual, there's the spirit-led ways that the Holy Spirit is energizing right now, that he's releasing the different pockets through the word of God. He's giving understanding of strategy, of method, of effective uh, techniques and models that are producing great fruit around the world, not because it's a good model, but because it's according to the Word of God. So it's important that we throw off, off some of the traditional and we take on some of the Spirit-led biblical ideas. Because what the Lord is wanting to do is actually release new wineskins to us, to many of our churches, to many of our denominations, so, so that we no longer look on missions in the old traditional kind of way. There's nothing wrong with those things. They were great for their day. But we need new wine and new wineskins, new ways of doing things, not new, coming back to the old actually in Scripture and that the Holy Spirit is speaking to uh, right now. So another requirement for local leaders is, for a, is a willingness for local leaders to implement new points of emphasis related to the Great Commission into their local ministry setting. Okay, so if we want to see entire local ministries mobilized and equipped like we talked about in the last episode, 
there's going to need to be some changes of what we emphasize in our local ministries. We need willingness to do that. Okay, again, and uh, we can help you. GMMI can help you with resources of, of how to do that. This handbook has actually been created with that purpose in mind, the Handbook for Great Commission Ministries. This is full of tools and ideas for mobilizing your local ministry with a vision uh, for the unreached. So it's going to take highlighting a few different points of emphasis in our ministries. We have to be willing to do that. To again, move away from the business as usual and highlight some other ideas and say, let's see how these work in our local ministry settings and let's test them a little bit. So again, the Handbook for Great Commission Ministries has been designed with this purpose in mind to empower local ministries to guide and equip your fellowships with proven tools for cultivating Great Commission uh, vision within your fellowship. And in this way, local churches and campus fellowships, they're becoming directly activated then in Global Harvest and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. I want to just spend the last few moments here highlighting four primary areas that leaders can serve disciples under their care towards the Great Commission. So four primary areas that you as leaders of local ministries, that you can be serving disciples under your care related to the Great Commission. The first one is that the local leader spiritually equips disciples. Now this is, again, this is the primary role of spiritual ministry, that you spiritually equip disciples. You don't do all the work of the ministry for them. You're going to spiritually equip them to go deep in God, number one, and then as a result of that in time, the overflow will be that they go out and they do the work of the ministry, touching others. So local ministries are reproducing, you as leaders are reproducing disciples according to the depth of spiritual life that is within you yourself, or we can say within the ministry itself. It is impossible to take a disciple, someone I am discipling, it is impossible to take them further in the Lord than how far I've gone in God. It's impossible to take a ministry further than the spiritual leader of that ministry is going in their own relationship with God. So the local leader has to give all of that over to the disciples. They spiritually equip disciples. Now, how do they do this? They model, they teach, they reproduce Jesus' standards of discipleship within their local ministry. So what I mean, Jesus' standards, often when we hear uh, manuals of discipleship or points of discipleship, sometimes it's man-made. A denomination has created these ideas and that ideas. Those are good, nothing wrong with that. But how much better to come back to Scripture, to the, the Gospels, to the New Testament, to Jesus' own definitions of discipleship, how he taught discipleship. He had very, very high standards. And it was on purpose because he was calling forth a bride. He's calling forth a body that is walking with him according to his ways and according to his standards of discipleship. In many of our churches, we've watered down what it means to be a true disciple. This will not fulfill the Great Commission. Watered down discipleship will only reproduce other watered-down disciples. So we don't want to reproduce that among the unreached. We want to send out and scatter those among the unreached that are walking as, uh, according to Jesus' highest standards 
of discipleship. That's what you, uh, as a local leader, that's what you are entrusted by the Lord and by the Holy Spirit to teach so that the Holy Spirit can then come in and uh, enable these disciples to walk truly deep uh, in the Word of God with Christ. So that's the first area that leaders are responsible for with the disciples under their care. The second area is that they help educate disciples. Okay, so this refers to education uh, in the realm of the Great Commission, not just general education about the Bible or what have you. Okay, we're talking about education here related to what's happening in the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission even? What's God doing around the world to fulfill the Great Commission? What are God's methods? What are the biblical uh, uh, plans and strategies and the, and the Spirit-given plans that the Lord has in order to fulfill the Great Commission? That is how we educate disciples related to the Great Commission. The reason why so few dis disciples, excuse me, are mo uh, motivated or mobilized, we can say right now, is, is because they do not, they're not being shown or taught or given information. So what does the Bible say? My people perish for lack of information or what the Bible really re refers to as ignorance, but that's the same thing. Lack of revelation from God related to the big picture purpose of God, that's what we want to educate disciples uh, related to. So this is a primary area that local ministry leaders uh, have a responsibility over. A third area I want to highlight. The local leaders then help to recruit and mobilize disciples in their roles in the Great Commission. Did you know that every born-again believer has a specific assigned role from the Holy Spirit to contribute to the fulfillment of the Great Commission? Paul talked all about it. You remember he talked about every part of the body is absolutely essential. If the eye were to say to the foot, I don't need you, he'd be foolish, right? Every part of the body, there is, uh, there's great need for, even in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And so that theme goes together. Well, it's your role as the local leader to help your disciples understand those roles that are directly related to the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And then you help them identify the role, and then you help them get activated in doing the role. And again, there's a whole chapter in this handbook related to the six roles that have been identified in the Great Commission that you can help your church members and your disciples to identify which one are they, which one uh, are they primarily meant to do. Now, it's not just that we have one. Many of us will have two, three, four of the six and we will operate in different ones at different seasons in our lives and our ministries, okay? But we need to be aware of all six and that at different times, the Lord might say, okay, I want you to do this one in this season. And then another season, I want you to be focused on this one. Or some seasons, you might be doing two or three of these six at the same time, okay? And that's part of the will of God. And so you as local ministry leaders, a role that you have is to help your members understand these roles and then to become activated in them. And then the fourth area that you as a local leader help your local ministry related to the Great Commission is by developing a sending strategy to send out laborers from your local ministry to the unreached and unengaged peoples. Not to just your local ministry or your local town, I mean, your local city, Okay? That's what we call local ministry. That's local evangelism. That's not necessarily cross-cultural 
ministry or cross-cultural mission. You want to develop a sending strategy to catapult many from your local ministry. I firmly believe that from the Spirit of God and from the Scripture, that every that God wills for every local ministry to be sending out at least 20% of your church members that will eventually go out to plant churches, to make disciples among unreached uh, peoples, even in your own town. Many of you are in nations, you live in countries, you live in cities where there are many uh, that are unreached. There are unreached cities, unreached nations even, where there's many unreached peoples right around you. You don't have to cross an ocean to go be a cross-cultural message bearer. No, you just need to go to the other side of your city and then do some outreach and connect and build relationships and friendships and start a Bible study where you can proclaim the kingdom of God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is part of developing a sending strategy. Again, there's a whole chapter in this handbook about how to go about doing that. And we have many resources, GMMI, on our website that can help you with this as well. I think I'm going to close with that. Let me go ahead and pray for us that the Lord would activate us as leaders into our primary ministry role. Not to do all the work of the ministry, which is what we are used to doing, but instead to do Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 12, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to equip them even in mission mobilization so that they're being mobilized and equipped and able to understand the Great Commission so that as many of them God will speak to and send out, they are readied by the hand of God in the incubator of your local ministry. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we sense, Lord, that you are wanting to bring a revolution, Lord, in spiritual leadership all over the earth, Father. Lord, to change the paradigms, to bring shifts in how ministry leaders understand ministry. Lord, shifting and aligning instead with the New Testament model of true spiritual leadership. Not us doing all the work, but us empowering. Paul, Lord, was one of the greatest equippers that the world has ever known, that the church has ever known. Lord, we thank you for Paul's example and many others in the, in the Scripture, in the New Testament, God, that show us how to walk in true spiritual leadership. Not doing all the work, but equipping disciples to do all the work. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, that is your divine pattern. And I ask for an impartation from the Holy Spirit to be released on leaders who are listening to this, Lord, that they would be imparted, have spiritual understanding, Lord, power from your Holy Spirit, Lord, to begin doing ministry a little bit different than they have in the past so that they can equip the saints, so that they can see their ministries mobilized and equipped for the Great Commission. Lord, we thank you for this process. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. I pray you have a great day. To listen to more Mission Mobilization Chats, subscribe on YouTube or go to globalmmi.net.